to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Erin Pym, and what I like to do here on the podcast is bring fun and sexy people into the studio to have conversations about sex and sexuality. But of course, it is COVID times, so unfortunately, I don't have someone right in the room with me. However, due to modern technology, uh, I've been conducting lovely remote episodes, and actually, that has kind of opened up uh, a lot of things for me, because now I can have guests that are not geographically close to me, so it's lovely. And um, this guest that I have here today, this is somebody that we've had, um, you know, some Twitter back and forth. This is somebody who's followed me for a while, and I've followed them for a while, and um, they uh, they dove right in those DMs and mm, said... Slid right in. I just slid right in. And um, <laughs> um, proposed this episode to me. Um, it's kind of a topic-based episode. Um, we're talking a lot about grief today. Um, we're talking about specifically within like polydynamics. So if that's up your alley, uh, by all means, keep a listening. If that's mm-hmm. something that seems a little much for you right now, I totally understand there's a lot going on in the world where we have like very limited spoons to work with. So if that kind of seems like something that you can't handle for whatever reason, then um, you can come back to it at another time that you feel uh, you are ready. So without further ado, I have a very kinky person <laughs> on the other end um, of this hmm. of this internet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Please I believe welcome. that's what it's called. That's, yeah, I think it's called the internet. <laughs> we can fact check it later. <laughs> Those lovely, warm, silky tones. You're listening to Jess. Hi, Jess. I, How are you? I am phenomenal. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. A, phenomenal? Phenomenal. It's a strong word, but you know what? I'm going to put that out there. Hell yeah. vibes out in the world and... uh Hope those hope the world sees my vibes and uh, responds. Gives you some phenomenal yeah, <laughs> energy. Some push back. and pull. You know, it's, that's how it is. Yeah, that's how we do. Mm-hmm. How uh, is your quarantine going? What is that looking like for you? Oof, my quarantine, uh, much like everybody's, uh, started very abruptly and yes. it hasn't let up. <laughs> uh, I'm very fortunate to live with my partner and my dom, uh, which makes it just very satisfying to wake up every day and be confined to <laughs> a, a tiny box with with your master. It's yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, it sounds familiar. It. Feels familiar. Feels right. Feels right, you know? <laughs> Feels good. Uh, I don't have to do a lot of thinking. You know, I just wake up and I get told, like, hey, go get me some tea. Yep. Like, wait, where, where's my breakfast? Yep. All right, Cool. I don't have to figure out what I want to eat because anytime she's done eating, she'll just take all of her scraps and, you know, toss it into a dog bowl and boom. <laughs> Perfect. So it's, it's very relaxing for me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so how's your quarantine been going? Oh my God. Um, how many episodes have I done where I ask people that question and they haven't asked it back? <laughs> Some people. The audacity, which <sighs> is the uh, recording program that I use. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's an industry standard yeah, sometimes. It's fine. You know, sometimes. I'm not very audio savvy, so. <laughs> mm. Um, no, but it's been going pretty good. I think my baseline is like I'm doing well. Um, obviously <laughs> ups and downs. Lots Keep of ups and downs. Track of all the the phalanges. Yep. Still still have all the fingers. That's I good. do. Yes, I'm intact. <laughs> so, you know, pretty good. <laughs> Um, we're both poly people, you and I. So, uh, for me, what's happening with me is I kind of share half my time with my husband, with his other partner. He has two primaries. So, so that's happening. I'm at home a lot by myself without like a 
you know, lots supervision. To yeah, with the supervision. <laughs> I've been running amok. I I have to say, I have to tell you. <laughs> Everyone comes home and they're just like, "Why is there so much flour everywhere? Were you baking?" <laughs> no, just ripping a bag of flour apart and just like putting it around with my teeth. You know how you. Oh, that's a mood, though, right? <laughs> we all relate to that to an extent. It's twenty twenty. It's 2020. Everything is, you know, on the table. Everything's... Things that were off the table are now like, that might be a table. Yeah. I don't know. Let's try. So... Yeah, let's figure it out. Let's see how it makes us feel. Totally. But I love how you're saying this, um, you know, I love your your answer. Phenomenal. I'm doing phenomenal. Because that is exactly, I think... The power of positive thinking, right? Woo, I'm I'm super. Thanks for asking. I'm super. <laughs> oh, thank thank you. Oh, nobody gets that. Every time yeah. I say it, it's just I'm met with blank stares, and I'm like, oh, oh, I'm oh. sorry. You're not you're not couth. I see. <laughs> thank you for for knowing South Park. My pleasure. Um, mm. so maybe for before we get into. Um, our subject matter today. Why don't you let the people know like who you are and Mm. and what your jam is, what your deal is. What I've been up to. Yeah, just so people, you know, have a bit of context for this. Right. Um, I am a sub. Uh, I pursue kink in a lifestyle capacity um, simply because I enjoy making other people happy and I'm also a huge masochist. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So... You know, seeing other people happy and a sadist wanting to hurt somebody. Yeah. That's uh, the ideal setup for you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good for me. It works for me, you know? Yeah. I like seeing people that want to play you like an instrument. You know, mm, they, they want to push your buttons and they want to develop a connection or a scene and just sort of play, play out how... Uh, you, you make each other feel and those emotions that uh, you're pushing and pulling against one another. That's, that's the good shit. Dude. That's where the magic happens. Yeah. yeah. So that's totally. sort of what's led me here. And uh, through a series of events that uh, have transpired, <laughs> I've, yeah, I've now become uh, well-versed in grief uh, mm. unexpectedly. Yeah. So, and uh, just to give the listeners some context, I'm, pr- I'm kind of go- just going to jump right in to uh, what happened. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, sort of uh, last August, uh, one of my partners hung themselves. And it sort of came out of the blue mm-hmm. um, and sort of left me picking up the pieces of how I thought that I could do more. And... You know, the the time afterwards, I've sort of allowed myself to feel all the things mm-hmm. that it, the, the days immediately afterwards, uh, when, you know, I, I got the news, um, I was so just devastated. Because um, when you lose somebody, uh, it can have so many different meanings for you. But when you call them your master and you look at them for support and for guidance and these people uh, without warning uh, decide to end their lives, it can be very confusing and can leave you with a lot of conflicted feelings. Certainly. Um, I know for a while I didn't know if uh, I could feel intimacy without those stabbing pangs of remembering her and uh, just I wanted to hold the memory to her so dear and close but also in a poly perspective uh, I still had other partners to think about and I'm so glad that they were there for me in the the time afterwards because I probably wouldn't have handled it as well as I could have if I didn't have a huge support group there waiting for me. Um, and I'm they so all, glad you had that. Yeah, it was, it was, it was rough. Um, 
and even though I, I'm 10 months out after the fact, um, I still think of her every single day. I mean, um, that's still so recent. Like when you told me that when we were kind of, you know, in the Twitter DMs going back and forth about what mm-hmm. we, we might like to talk about, you told me August. I was like, oh, my God, that is still yeah. so fresh. Yeah, fresh. Um, fresh is a word. Yeah. Because uh, for a while, I couldn't even see somebody dancing without my, my mind immediately going, she used to dance. Yeah. No. Uh, your mind, uh, the more you put stimulus in front of your mind, um, the more accustomed your mind is to reacting to that stimulus. Um, and it's, it's one of those things where, you know, a, a vanilla person would look at a masochist and be like, how, how could you suffer through all that? That's not, that's not fun. How do you think that's fun? Mm -hmm. Um, and just, the fact that I've had to expose myself to this stimulus repeatedly, I've had to compartmentalize in my head that uh, everything's going to be okay. And even though I miss her and even those, these seemingly mundane things that uh, remind me of her, uh, they don't have to make me sad. Uh, Like dancing, dancing is happy. People dance to show that they're having fun, but you know, I'd see it as, you know, I'd remember the walks that we'd have and she'd just uh, be playing. uh, uh, Who's that? The bloodhound gang. (laughs) She'd be dancing along so passionately to the bloodhound gang. Um, (laughs) And, you know, while she was alive, I would use that as a meter for this is living. Mm -hmm. She is so pursuing happiness. Um, and just her every day, just walking, she exudes happiness and fun. And now, ooh, sorry. It's okay. Take and now time. just seeing people dance, I, I have to reflect on how that makes me feel. And although these people who are out in public, they don't anticipate to make me feel that way with what they're doing. It's unfortunately just how I react to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've put that past me now, <laughs> uh, even though it is still a little fresh. Um, I don't ball at dance clubs anymore. <laughs> That's good. <sighs> Baby steps, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But uh, over time, just I had to turn those things that I heavily associated with her um, and things that like, like a scene, an impact scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how when you're put into such a intense headspace with pain and endorphins, um, it can bring up some memories. And for the coming months afterwards, um, I'd think, okay, this, this is the time. Um, I'm going to be able to do this. And when I cry, it's not going to be because I'm missing somebody it's going to be because physically my body's reacting Mm -hmm. um but uh you know what you expect and what happens in reality are seldom the same yeah and i just i know this wouldn't work for everybody but i'm a little stubborn you know i feel i want to analyze why i feel that way with something and although people will vehemently push things away that make them feel bad, um, the masochist in me says, "There's you, sh- you should investigate why you feel that way. Yeah, confront it. Confront it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go deeper. What What is the root of this? Why mm-hmm. do you feel that way? And a lot of times when I push myself through those breakthroughs, I just feel physically so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, some mornings I'll wake up and I'll think, okay, um, I'm okay with putting some distance between myself and her today. Right. You know, there's some days, some days I want to be, I want to, 
I don't want to say I want to forget her because that's... Not ever. No. Um, and that's not the goal, to forget her. No. It's to remember her and to move on and to let the, the happiness that she, she brought to my life uh, still shine. And all those lessons that she helped me come to realize, mm-hmm. uh, like she was the one that pushed me um, into seeing Polly as a viable uh, arrangement. Wow. And that alone was so mind blowing. When um, was this? What was that um, like? So that was sort of the inception of our whole relationship was built around. Um, she had made a posting looking for a personal sub. Uh, she had a boyfriend who was a dom. Mm-hmm. Um, she switched with them because it was a sort of a, a learning dynamic. Um, he was a few years her senior um, and they still lived together right up until uh, the events um, in August. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, uh, so she put out a personal ad for a personal sub um, because she was a pro dom. Uh, she would dabble mm-hmm. um, because she loved dominating. She liked the way it made her feel. She liked the, the power she got from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very much a way for her to take back some of the abuses that she's felt in life and in high school and to take back from all the rape deniers, mm-hmm. um, how she could stand powerful. Um, this is just what, what she's told me. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to put words into her mouth because yeah, she's not, she's not here to say them anymore. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so when we first started to see each other, it was very much so in a capacity of I would like a personal sub to see and to play with and to explore play without the hindrances of a professional dynamic. I would like to, you know, not worry about if somebody's here, you know, let's... I'm going to derail the subject sure. just a little bit. Sure. Um, you do you. I'm here. Thank you. I'm here for you. You do what you need to do. <laughs> thank you so much, Pim. It's <laughs> true. Because um, this is a little hard for me to dwell back on, too. Obviously. So, yeah. Um, back to why I had walked down that <laughs> conversational route. Um, uh, Polly. Um so if I wanted to have her in my life, because she, the way our first date went down was she met me at a Panera Bread. <laughs> and, <laughs> Romance. Oh, Carbs. So oh, we had chai tea lattes. Oh, chai tea. Oh, yeah. And, Card mom. Oh, so good. Actually, and, though, uh, I'm a huge tea person, so actually for me. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm sipping on a sweet tea right now. <gasps> me too. Cheers. <sighs> little AS- ASMR. Ooh, hell yeah. <sighs> but, uh, yeah, so if I wanted to have this phenomenal source of light and inspiration in my life, yeah. um, I would have had to open up what polyamory is. and Yeah, these are the, sort these of- are the circumstances. Mm-hmm. I'm in a poly dynamic, so yes, and coming on in the water's fine. <laughs> yeah, previously I had felt like monogamy was. Well, I was a serial monogamist. I would bounce from one long-term relationship to another, mm-hmm. and when those uh, exploded, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll say, well, not Busted. exploded. Um, let's say mutually ended um, through distance or through cheating it was often cheating yeah i had been cheated on Mm. more times than i can count on one hand and left for the person that i had been cheated on with wow so at a point where she proposes polly i'm like oh wait so we don't have to 
decide who makes us happy and like we can allow multiple people to be our happiness and we don't have to, you know, turn, we don't have a finite responsibility to one person to be theirs. Mm-hmm. It sort of opened up uh, a beautiful doorway where I started seeing the world differently. Um, and just even hanging out like uh, the kitchen poly dynamic. Um, mm-hmm. Even if, you know, me and my, my metamor weren't the best of friends, we, we could still have a good laugh. Yeah. Um, sometimes they would practice impact play on me or wrestle <laughs> me to the ground. And, you know, I'd get from the peanut gallery, a, wow, that was so hot. <laughs> yeah. Don't mind me. I'll just be right here watching. Just like <laughs> popcorn. Just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so many beautiful things uh, she showed me just because she opened my eyes to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm so happy that she did. Um, Even though in the months after the event, um, it's a little bit harder to openly pursue a poly or dynamic, even though we still have elements of it, me and uh, my Dom Ross. still have elements of poly wherein um you know uh chris and tell yeah uh you're familiar with chris and tell uh very you know, occasionally very yes <laughs> intimately oh they are so attractive can we, can we just derail the grieving process for a One second one of the to most just... beautiful people i've ever come across like physically beautiful. <sighs> well i mean inside and out like but that face is like just <sighs> A and their breathtakingly skills. gorgeous. Yeah, like the hair, oh. the makeup, the aesthetics, like the outfits, the everything. Like just so and visually. Personality too. Like there's their taste of music. Oh yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. One totally. time uh, they were over at our apartment. They're just leafing through my my you know dusty records, mm-hmm. and they pull out uh, T Rex Electric Warrior, and they're just like, this. <laughs> this is the this one. This one. <laughs> this is the one. <laughs> oh, and I just I had to applaud. Because that has such a, a deep cut. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that's not a, a beginner's listener. No. Um, you know, that's it's got bang a gong, get a gong to it. Yeah, 103, <laughs> 104. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not and, an introductory uh, yeah. class. <laughs> and Chris and Tell, you're, you're the best. You're just, yeah. if, if you're listening right now. <sighs> <laughs> just... Mm. <laughs> oh, I just, just want to rub marshmallow sauce all over you. <laughs> wow. Just. Marshmallow sauce. Yeah, because I feel like it'd be really sticky and hard to get off. Not like because honey. I want to lick it off them. Just be, I, I just want them to be covered in something. Anything, really. <laughs> and then just after the fact, be like... Because mm. I know... Sticky. I know that they have a slight aversion to sticky things and to gross things. <laughs> well, I know there's a spit thing that you have to be careful mm. about. Yeah, there's a, a saliva bit, thing a you have bit, to yeah. be careful about. But... <laughs> okay. <sighs> So why we start talking about Chris and Tell? Uh, I just wanted to derail the subject for Good, a little bit. Right. There doesn't need to be a reason. Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisoflounge.com. Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. 
ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. After the death of a partner, how do you pursue a dynamic with somebody that uh, you had a previously established polydynamic beforehand, Mm -hmm. but now one of them is too traumatized to (laughs) dance without crying, let's say. Yeah. Um, Hmm. And it, it took a minute. It took. I'm sure it still is. Yeah. Um, it's going to take a minute. Yeah. Um, I still cry about it. Okay, like when we were first texting each other, I was bawling. Mm. Uh, when I said, hey, like, I'd love to be on your podcast, but also here's some things that we can discuss. Mm-hmm. Grief. Uh, I, was, I was very in tears because it's still fresh. Um, yeah. And I'd like to applaud you for... Me? Oh, my God. Yeah. For being supportive of everybody in the community and for being a shining pillar of uh, people and encouraging them to just be themselves. Aww. Yeah. So back to the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I keep derailing. I know. Procrastinating. Yeah. yeah. You get to it when you want to get to it. Um, because for I couldn't talk to other people without thinking about her. Mm-hmm. And just being reminded, like, somebody's gone. Somebody made the conscientious decision to end their life through circumstances that were very trying. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't blame her for doing the things that she did. <sighs> However, I, I wish that she had just talked about them a bit more. Um, and opened up because she had opened up. Um, she said she was depressed. This was about two months before she had uh, did the thing. And I listened and I I thought that I had... I didn't think that I had to be afraid of her enacting on the things that she was talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, one night we went on a drive and she just goes, you know, I'm... Um, I've been thinking about ending it. Um, And sort of the the days after she had done it, Mm -hmm. I didn't even remember that conversation. Uh, It was... Why do you think that is? I had focused so much on... Oh, she just isn't here anymore. Um, the, the day she did it, uh, I remember I had just cleared off all the space of my bed. And <sighs> I felt like if her, if her spirit was still somewhere and she was looking for me, I just wanted to have a space where she could come find me um, and just come see me again. And I know that that may be an irrational thought, but uh, in the day afterwards, like that was my big thought was I just want more time with her. <sighs> and after I got called down to the police station to give a statement, uh, because she was found hanging in her dungeon, uh, oh, that's not a good look for police officers. Right. Uh they they grilled me to the nines. They wanted to know all about fetish. They wanted to know about kink. They wanted to know about our dynamic. They wanted to know about the the boyfriend that she was living with. They wanted to know so many invasive questions. When they were they were asking me, um, "Hey, is it possible that this there was some foul play? That this was a scene that went wrong?" And that question just sort of made me so upset because they're, they're police. They're just doing their job, right? They're, they, 
you know, they had to question the reasonable doubt that maybe something had went wrong in a scene. And now that, you know, this was the, the, the boyfriend Dom, who's like, like seven years, her senior, um, messed something up and is now covering their tracks, mm-hmm. uh, which is just patently not the case. Um, I actually had to explain to police officers like, a noose isn't sexy. This wasn't a play. If she was caught in like a suspension with multiple harness points and something went wrong, then yes, I would agree that it could look suspicious. A noose isn't sexy. This wasn't play. And I was so upset with the police for asking that question because they treated me like a little bit of a sideshow. Like, a, oh, you're a sub. Like, what does it mean to get hit? Like, and that's so insensitive. Like, they couldn't have gotten a consultant or something. Like, that is the most... That is so maddening. Like, why I mean, are they asking I, you to do this emotional labor to explain kink to them? Like, fucking educate I found out, yourself. I found out after the fact Before you that do the interview. they had the Dom and uh, the other... Like, they had the boyfriend and their other metamorph in a holding cell the whole time. Oh, my goodness. So... So not only did take your time. It's okay. Take your time. Sorry. Uh, I understand to your listeners, this might be very difficult to hear because it is very much so, uh, somebody just venting and going through the steps of grief because I did not expect to feel this way. I never expected to have to encounter grief or experience the loss of a loved one at 26. Mm-hmm. And that's very much so shaped a lot of the way that going forward, I face reality. It's that in spite of all these bad things that can happen, we still have to keep looking to the positives. And even though there's going to be a lot of people that don't get it, a lot of people that take your pain and they they just don't understand it. Um, You know, a lot of people that are there to even protect you and they think they're helping you. Uh, But it's sort of our own responsibility to sort of measure how we feel and sort of take the steps to our own enlightenment uh, and find the happiness that in spite of it all uh, that we know is still there Mm -hmm. Uh, because in that conversation she hit me with two months before she she had done the act she told me like hey it's it's a lot of to do with my family and economics and stress and addiction and she wanted me to know that like I've prevented her from doing it just by arbitrarily sending her I love you's in the middle of the night you know and then her crumpling up the note and throwing it out and her undoing a noose just because I just sent her an arbitrary I love you at like 1 a.m. And going, (sighs) looking back, there's so much more that I could have done. And I try not to beat myself up over that because I loved her through and through. And all of my actions I felt were reflective of that, even though I couldn't provide her the environment where she felt like she could live. But I'm sure you know at this point, at least um, intellectually, at least, that that isn't your responsibility. Right. Right. Um, And I had to listen to a lot of people. Uh, I didn't come to those conclusions on my own. Yeah. Uh, I had my other partners there who, who, thank God, they were so supportive and they just held me 
while I cried. And um, when this happened, uh, my other partner was in another country at the time. And I had three days of nobody being there and just uh, sort of going through the motions on my own. And the most healing I felt was when I went to the airport and I picked up my other partner and uh, I, I finally got to share mm-hmm. that pain. Mm-hmm. And I finally got to take that hurt that was inside me and I got to exhale it. Mm-hmm. And one of the big exercises that I've walked away from this was just meditation and inhaling and exhaling. Um, we inhale the energies that we wish to receive and we exhale the painful parts of us that we no longer wish to hold on to. Mm-hmm. And a big thing for me is how much do I inhale of a memory of her and how much of her memory do I exhale? Mm-hmm. Because at times it can feel like her being there or me feeling close to her can give me a lot of clarity and a lot of guidance and push me to seek what's best for everybody um, and seek for new ideas and solutions that I wouldn't have wanted to and push past all that. Oh, I don't need to act on it. You know, there's always later because there's not always later. Yeah. And the time that we had together was beautiful and I loved it and I'm so glad that we got to share it and the time afterwards has only made me grow more appreciative of her and what she taught me and even though she's gone I still get to remember her and acknowledge the way that she made me feel and how even though I'm hurting I still love yeah can we talk about how your journey of how you got here to be able to say that and feel that yeah um so i spent a lot of time uh looking for guidance and just speaking to other people and getting my own ideas outside of my head. Um, Just sharing and recognizing that this isn't something I have to go about alone. Yeah. And that there's other people that love and remember her. Mm -hmm. And even though my memories of her are different than how other people remember her. But those, those are still valid. Mm-hmm. And I got to see so much love in the community coming together to support and sort of create this idealized memory of her where, you know, in, in life we're all flawed individuals, but in, in death, uh, people tend to look at only the best parts of us. Right. And sort of going to, there's a beautiful memorial done for her. uh, And so many members of the kink community came out and just supported her. And there, it was at, at club M4 Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, they, they opened their doors and they, they, uh, they welcomed everybody that knew her to come in and they sort of had a, uh, uh, <laughs> a ceremony. I'm not going to say it was a beautiful ceremony because it was a ceremony. <laughs> the whole time there was this slideshow going on. Oh my God. And as beautiful as the intention of the whole event was to raise awareness that, you know, people that we love can just. They, they can go at any moment yeah. and 
uh, we don't we can't blame her for leaving us um, and we sort of have to remember that she was still a person that loved and cared and even though she made the decision to leave us mm -hmm. uh, it was a very powerful thing that she felt she could do uh, and in that regards uh, I've it's still it's still conflicting for me. Um, I know that not all of the conclusions that I've come to realize are healthy ones, but right. they they help me just sort of walk through the motions. And right. if I hold on to these unhealthy things, when I do let go of them, and when I do in, look into myself to acknowledge why am I feeling these things or where does that come up? Um, so much growth comes from that realization that, oh, that, why does that specifically make me sad? Why does me going to the store and seeing, uh, you know, dill, dill pickle, right. like, why does that make me cry? Right. Uh, And I have to be okay with crying because that, that vulnerability is still human. Yeah, it's important. Uh, it is. And it can be very damaging for people if they push that negativity away. Yeah. If they vehemently decline to feel the painful things. Yeah. Because uh, it's not easy. It's not easy to be willing to hurt. Yeah. Uh, but so much positivity can come after the fact. Uh, you know, a wound can't really start to heal until you clean it out and you just let it yeah. air. I feel like I'm doing a lot of talking. Am I doing a disproportionate amount of talking? It doesn't matter that what it is. It's, it's not supposed to look any certain way. Thank you. No problem. It's my, it's my pleasure to be here for you and to have a platform for you telling your story. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a coincidence. I was, um, the day of that memorial, I was at M4 mm. talking to mm. Matt. Oh. Yeah. Matt's such a sweetheart. Yeah, he is. Oh, I had such a good cry with him. Yeah. But, um, so I'm wondering if you can tell people, you obviously had a lovely, the Kink community were, uh, was yes. a lovely support system for you. Mm -hmm. Other partners, mm -hmm. of course. Did you talk to anyone? Any, like, did you talk to a professional? at any point to help you through this? Uh, I did and I didn't. Um, I didn't, I, I went out to seek those spaces. I went out to find somebody that I feel like I could open up to. Mm -hmm. um, and I had a lot of people showing me like, hey, these are trustworthy people. Right. Um, like poly positive, kink positive. Yeah. Um, counselors or. Yes. Yeah. And so many times looking into it, uh, that, that welling up, that emotion just sort of bubbled over and it was very difficult for me to, uh, to find those professionals. And so while I never had a direct session with a professional in a, uh, clinical sense, uh, I surrounded myself with resources and self-help things um because i i've had experiences where you go to the institution and they just straight up tell you you're crazy yeah uh things like <laughs> like the police looking at you like like you're a sideshow and they're trying to get to the point of like 
Yeah. So I don't don't blame you for not, you know, after that experience, you know, not like looking out for a professional to help you because if that's your experience, you know, that's you're internalizing that. And, and also it's just, it's difficult to find the right person, the right professional that is, you know, kink positive, poly positive for me, sex work positive on top of that. It's like, it's a struggle to find somebody to talk to. Mm -hmm. Which is, I I really want to encourage people to, if if you're hurting, Mm -hmm. finding somebody to open up to, um, can really change your perspective and, uh, help get you out of your rut. Because yeah. I found myself in so many ruts uh, and hurting in very masochistic ways. But also, it wasn't until I started to get out of my own routines that the doorways for opening up and to healing started to happen. So, Like what, for example? How do you mean? Uh, for a while... I didn't want to cry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd cry in private and uh, I actually, I quit a job over it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause in the immediately events afterwards, I could not face the public. The, the moment somebody asked me, uh, Oh, how are you doing? Yeah. Immediately. Ah, girlfriend hung herself. Yeah. And so many times when I said that people would hit me with the, <laughs> you're joking, right? No, no, this is my fucking lived experience. And somebody asking how I am is like, I can't even. Right. Uh, So it it stung for a long while, but uh, my partners and all the authority figures in my life that I could have opened up to and my coworkers that were willing to listen. uh, I'm, I'm in the arts let's say. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, so all, all my coworkers were very understanding. Uh, they themselves had had similar experiences, you know, in car crashes or mm-hmm. overdoses. Mm-hmm. And so just having that community of a round table discussion where, you know, we all got to just be sad. Yeah. Uh, that was, it, it helped me feel like I could breathe again. Uh, and I, yeah. If there are folks that are listening that have people in their life that are grieving, what if, what were some of your the interactions with folks trying to support you that were really meaningful or really helpful to you? And I realize this is it's going to be subjective to folks, but depending on what they're going through, but for you, mm-hmm. what was helpful for you from, you know, people in your life trying to help you? People reassuring me that it was okay for me to be sad. Mm-hmm. Um there were a couple of times when, you know, uh, just doing things that my industry needed to do. It's a little like, all right, let, let's go like hurry Deadlines. up and wait. Yeah. It's a hurry up and wait. Once, once we're done hurrying up, then you can wait. But, uh, there were a few moments when I just sort of froze. Um, this was the immediate weeks after the fact. And, uh, just having people reassure me like, Hey dude, like breathe, feel it out. We'll see you in a minute. Uh, just them reassuring me that, you know, like, dude, you can keep walking, like keep dancing. Like everything's fine. Um, and there was a little bit of sense of if I keep walking and if I hold her memory close, then she walks with me. And as I said earlier, it's that, that 
that combination of how much of her do I inhale and retain and mm -hmm. her do I exhale mm -hmm. and allow her to leave me. Because there's moments when I want to feel closer to her and moments when uh, I don't want to be sad. Yeah, it doesn't serve you mm -hmm. in your daily life. Yeah, so when I feel like that, um, in a fetish sense, because she was my dom, mm -hmm. uh, I'll try to push myself with, with exercise. Uh, you know, I feel like if I get a good sweat and a good run going, and a good burn, just like a full body, mm -hmm. you know, afterwards, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Ah. Jelly legs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that makes me feel close to her and like I'm doing her, her memory honor mm -hmm. uh, because you know, who, who she was, uh, varies for everybody else that knew her. Mm -hmm. Um, but who she was to me, she was my master. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I sort of had to distance myself a little bit from kink because I couldn't. That's fair. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, cool. Crying in an impact scene is okay. Mm -hmm. But good. Even. Crying because, you know, you're like, she used to hit me like this. That's yeah. a little less okay. I mean, you can do that too. <laughs> I for sure have, you know, I'm a switch. Uh, so mm. I've for sure bottomed for impact where I'm being encouraged to cry about whatever I'm holding on to. Right. You know. So the, you know, the top, the top note of that is like from the physical pain, but then, you know, there are other reasons that come into play. Mm -hmm. Why you keep crying is for yeah. other reasons. Mm -hmm. And if you're and a the person that really holds on to those negative emotions, that can be really cathartic. Oh, the catharsis just, though. As you're saying, just let it all out. And exhale it all. Yeah. Because uh, the healing really began when, you know, I was ready to, you know, get back up on the cross. Right. And, you know, start to put those new memories in, mm -hmm. you know, those, those stimuli that I used to associate with her just, you know, dancing to Bloodhound Gang mm -hmm. and uh, dill pickles at the... Uh, Supermarket. Supermarket. Yeah, just trying to push through that. And, you know, um, my past will always be the same. I can't rewrite it. Hmm. But going forward, I can look at perspective and how that makes me feel. And I can be more considerate of what other people are going through. Um, even though I'm looking at them and I think, you're a pillar of strength. You have everything going for you. You are powerful. You are loved. Everybody cares about you. Mm -hmm. uh, they might not internalize that about themselves. Are you able to? So are you? Are you able to do kink again? Oh, absolutely. Good. <laughs> yes. Good. Shining colors. Good. All. Yeah. Uh, it took a minute. Um, sure. Yeah. It, it. For a while, I couldn't get into that masochism headspace. Mm-hmm you know, of that, that wanting to feel the endorphins and, you know, feeling just being in your body, uh, while you're on the cross and being able to feel that, that heat, uh, cause headspace is so important, uh, mm -hmm. in kink and in fetish uh, and while you're doing a scene. And so if your headspace all of a sudden gets derailed by mm -hmm. that, you know, that bullet, just that, that needle, mm -hmm. uh, it can be difficult to continue the scene. Yeah, uh, everything, to, it cha everything changes. To, to get out of it what you were expecting walking in. Mm -hmm. uh, and pushing through that has given me some very confusing orgasms. <laughs> I love it. 
I mean, that's what I strive to give to people. I mean, <laughs> I don't want them to feel one way about it. I want them to have yeah, conflicting like s- seven feelings. ways. Like, why did that make me come? Oh, I want it again. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Oh, I love those comes where you you had no idea you could come like that, but then afterwards uh-huh. it's like, all right, the, the it's on the menu now. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Well, I'll just add that to the list. I guess mm-hmm. I'm a little more versatile than I thought. <laughs> right? Like, I never knew I could come from just my nipples being touched until a month of denial. And then look <laughs> at us now. Every day is a school day. Yeah, <sighs> yeah there's lessons everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So we actually have to be wrapping up. Mm. Um, and I just want to, I just want to thank you so much for sharing thank you uh you've given me a lot of space for me to talk your ear off (laughs) (laughs) and it might not have made sense the whole way through because (laughs) you know i'm sort of jumping around in traumatic points in my head just like yeah i was sad then i'm better now good now and uh, i just want to encourage people to uh, see the worst day of your life Mm -hmm. Uh, you can that doesn't have to be the worst thing you ever experience and you can use that as growth and you can learn and you can use that to challenge uh, ideologies that you might have had misconstrued in your head Mm -hmm. Uh, like Polly for me you know I she had opened the door for Polly to me and when she had left uh, a vacuum sort of opened up. And while we still have Polly in my dynamic in the day to day, uh, in, in that we can converse with other partners with, you know, without impunity, we don't actively seek other primaries or an emotional attachment to other people. Uh, because part of my grieving process has just been to go out and talk to everybody, not necessarily in a professional sense, um, but to go out and to just, just, just get the, the pain out. That's yeah. that w- what you're feeling and to vocalize that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, my pleasure. Yeah. I think folks will take a lot away from this and I hope that it was it it served that purpose for you too it was another time that you could just get more pain out yeah yeah it it feels good so thank you for letting me talk Mm -hmm. and for giving me this platform to uh, just air my dirty laundry just let it all out just 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 pop that urethral plug and just just piss everywhere. I love it. On that note, um, is there any where you want people to follow anything or anything like that? Um, or any resources that maybe you want to mention as far as... Any resources? Gr- gr- just grief and healing goes, maybe? Just... In your community, uh, just reach out to everybody because I wished that in the day that it happened that I had just said anything to her. Mm -hmm. Um, And so while this might not be a good advice to everybody, like you're not actively going to prevent a suicide just by saying, hey, how are you feeling? Mm -hmm. Um, But it does help. And it goes a long way. Yeah. Reach out. Reach out yeah. to your loved ones. Tell yeah. them you love them. And l- listen. Yeah. 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 Good advice. Really good advice. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, thank you everyone who's listening. I, uh, both of us hope that, you know, this was helpful in some way to you. Um, you know, you can reach out if it did. Um, and fuck you if you didn't. (laughs) Every episode isn't for everyone, so... (laughs) Yeah, this isn't for the happy people. (laughs) 
I gave a content warning. It's your own fault yeah. if you're still listening. <laughs> you stuck you around. That's... <laughs> I mean, I'm impressed, but <laughs> yeah, gold four four stars for you, Glenn Coco. Yeah. So thank you once again, Jess, and thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.